0: What's going on, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. I am David Hassegan To my left, as always, the czar of the playbook, Emery. Hunt. Emory, good morning. Good morning, man. You started early. You see, no-
1: normally, for those out there that's listening, we start around 10 to 10.10, 10, something around
0: that. Something that. You that, yeah, yeah. we're, we're early now. You, you could wait to hit that, but why? Is there something you have to do? Uh, I'm, I've got a couple, of, a couple of baseball games to watch later on. Also, if anybody has found my voice, please return it to Hasbrook Heights, Connecticut <laughs> School of Broadcasting. Lost it at some point around 8 or 9 o'clock last night. So the, Philly, the Phillies are not in the World Cup then, right? You have absolutely no clue outside I'm of just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just you saying. You have no idea. Uh, folks, don't forget, if you want to listen back to any of our pre- previews of the podcast, we're, we're more than halfway through. We are more than halfway through right. the conferences going into the preseason. You can listen back on any of those on iTunes or SoundCloud. Search football game plan in the podcast section. While you're there, subscribe, give us a five-star rating while you're there. On Twitter at the FCS Kickoff at FCS Opening Drive, and follow my man Emery at FBall Game Plan on the Twitter. And don't forget to go forget to go to youtube.com slash football for all the football game plan content. It is OVC week, the Ohio Valley Conference, and Emery, you got, a, you got a whole bunch of stuff ready to go, don't you? Always,
1: man. I'm, I'm probably the most prepared person in this studio. Whoa. I'm just saying, like, you know.
0: And shade we go. <laughs> going across. But let's talk about the OVC, Emery. The conference last year that uh, was really dominated by one team once again, but... Um, a little controversy when it came to playoff time. Oh. We, we, I, I, think there, I think we can discuss that again, can't we? We can bring that up again. Um, but it was Jacksonville State once again. I mean, this is a team that's undisputed. They are a power in this conference. Um, undefeated again in conference play. 10-2 and two overall in the season. Got knocked out by Kennesaw in the first round. But then after that, nothing went to plan. Because Austin Peay showed up. How and why did Austin Peay go from zero wins the year before to an eight and four season that somehow wasn't good enough to make the playoffs.
1: You know, what's interesting about Austin P you know, people saw them last year having their great year, which is fine, uh, which was outstanding, you know, eight and four, like you said, but we have to take people back to, to, to understand how great of a year it was. Oh yeah. Austin P was, see, this is before your time, Dave, but I want to say from 1989 to about nineteen ninety or 2000 Prairie View A&M was 0-89 or something like that they had lost for 10 years straight they hadn't won a game <laughs> like seriously it was the worst it was the longest streak losing streak in college football and so they were a, a horrible program the yeah. worst program and then uh, I want to say one game one night in 2000 I believe they beat Langston uh, in Oklahoma um, so they broke the streak I, was, I want to say it was like a 98 game losing streak right Jeez. so they broke the streak and and now we look at Prairie View as one of the, you know, the upper echelon teams in the SWAC, right? Yeah. They're getting it. So that. Austin P was the same way. Matter of fact. Brutally bad. I don't know if it was before this season or last season or the year before. If you remember the uh I don't know if you've seen the picture going around the internet. Yeah. Their stadium had uh, collapsed in the the, the yeah. field in, in the, the corner. In the end zone. So <laughs> you had all that going on, losing team, field collapse, and they get a new head coach, you know, Will Healy. He's like, man, you know, I don't know if they're ever going to – maybe they have to drop football. People thought yeah. – start thinking yeah. about that because um, they were that terrible. So what he did last year with this team was remarkable. And if people listen to this show like they should, we kind of saw this coming because their recruiting class was, yes. was huge yes. uh, last year. And um, I remember tweeting this out. I got a tip from a coaching friend of mine who was recruiting the same kid. He was like, man, we just lost out to this kid to Austin P, and he was like, that never happens. He was like, plus, when you watch this kid play, he kind of reminds me of Johnny Manziel. Yeah. So he he told me the kid's name. It was Jeremiah Otsval, who ended up signing with Austin P. Played a lot last year as a true freshman. Yep. Big reason why they were able to have the success. So yes, Austin P. What they did last year was phenomenal. But you have to give credit to you know Coach Will Healy for instilling in these guys the, you know, the, the thought that, hey, you can win. And once they started winning, it became the expectation. Now, Jacksonville State has always had that. Coach Grouse does a great job because yep. just last year I thought, okay, maybe this is the year Jacksonville State slips. It looked like they were going to make a good run, though, by the end of the year. Right, because you think, okay, they lost Eli Jenkins. They lost a lot of players. They always lose a lot of players. And then you say, oh, or I don't know how they're going to overcome these losses. And then they hit the ground running to start the season and yeah. become one of the best team in the FCS. So Gross does a great job of, of rebuild, of reloading, and also coaching the guys that are on the team. So when you have you know guys that leave, the next guys that are coming up have played a lot of football. They understand the scheme, and they're ready to go. So Jacksonville State and Austin Peay clearly were the two top stories from the OVC
0: last year. And Yeah, you talk about the other quality programs in the OVC. Your Eastern Illinois, your Eastern Kentucky's, UT Martin kind of an off year for them they all finished around 500 uh tennessee state finished six and five but was two and five in the conference so it's pretty balanced from the middle down but there's really not an overloading amount of talent in the ovc that really gonna you know jumps out and gets your attention either
1: see i think is i think the ovc is sort of like uh you know what we talked about last week with the nec you know any one of these teams Outside of Jacksonville State, has a chance to at least finish number two. Yeah, you talked about Tennessee State; they were what six and five last year. Started their season one and no, knocking off Georgia State, an FBS program. Yeah, they actually dominated that game, and then they come and lose to uh, Murray State. You know, so those are the type of things. The only team that really was bad last year was Tennessee Tech, and I thought they got rid of yeah. Coach Satterfield a little bit too early. Um, but I think the competitive balance from top to bottom now with Austin P you know, you expect Tennessee Tech to be better. This conference is going to be, it, it, you, you know, I know by the time we finish these podcast previews, um, I'm going to have 45 teams in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but exactly. I can see multiple teams coming out of this this conference. We've seen teams from this conference make runs. We saw Jacksonville State obviously get to the championship game. We saw Eastern Illinois get to the championship game. Um, Eastern Kentucky is is has been one of the big dogs on the block in this conference. So, this is a really good conference, top to bottom, and I'm excited to see how it move, how it is moving forward. Now that Austin P has become competitive.
0: Now, given that you know what you just said, where do you think the OVC ranks in terms of the conference hierarchy? Because I mean, obviously you have the MVC and the CAA at the top. You can put the Southland up there, the Big Sky up there. Where does the OVC fall in the overall ranking of things in terms of conferences for you?
1: That's a great question because you you just named like four of the best conferences, right? Would you put them ahead of any of those four or no? I don't know, man. You know, it's... I hate to say that it depends on a year, but I feel like with any year, you could have, you know, four or five teams in here that are really good. I mean, we're probably going to see three to four teams in the FCS top 25. Yeah. uh, Preseason top 25 when the official preseason rankings come out. Right. But I, I would say all right, they probably would be right behind um, the, the Southland. If, you, if you're going to make a case for, for, for them being in front of a conference, it probably would be the Southland conference as opposed okay. to the Big Sky CA or MVC. Right. I think those are the yeah, top yeah. three. Uh, the Southland because of the back end of the conference. Yeah. And I like the defense more so here in the OVC. Yes, definitely. So I would put them maybe fourth before the Southland. I know that's going to ruffle some feathers, but I do... And here come the tweets. Right. I, I do believe that the OVC is is probably a a notch above, you know, not by much, but slightly above the Southland. Well, but,
0: let's talk about some of those players. You mentioned the defensive side of the ball. Some really good defensive players coming back this year, and that's where you see a lot of the talent coming out of this conference is on the defensive side of the ball. They had a draft pick on the defensive side of the ball. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, but let's go through some of these names here that kind of jump off the page um, and you got to start with Gunnar Shalato from Austin P. 99 tackles last year at the linebacker position. Zach Hall from Southeast Missouri State. He's going to have big shoes to fill because he's going to be taking over for Kendall Donerson, who d- was drafted last year. Um, what other players do you see on the defensive side of the ball out of this conference that kind of jump off the page?
1: Marlon Bridges of Jacksonville State, mm-hmm. uh, the safety. And, and here's the thing about him. Last year it was Saran Neal who got drafted by the Buffalo Bills. That's the guy you're talking about, right? Right. Um he was a the defensive halfback. So and I say defensive halfback because he can play corner or safety. So kind of can play both. Right. Um he went down to the senior bowl and, and was outstanding. Yeah. Um so Bridges comes in was you know as a sophomore last year and played phenomenal. And is gonna be that guy this year for uh Jacksonville State. But you mentioned the linebacker for Austin P. I think this year he may be the best pro prospect in this conference. Yeah. You know six three, um, two thirty four. Uh, can play inside or outside backer, really good on both ends of defense. So they got some. They got some some heat coming back in this conference, especially when you look at, um, you know, UT Martin's defense is good. They lost. Yeah. They lost two phenomenal safeties. Yes, uh, Tate Martin and Khalid Hagens. Both of those guys are going and playing in the NFL right now. Uh, so, but there's still a lot of talent coming back. Eastern Kentucky has their premier player on the defensive side of the ball coming back that missed all of last year. Um, I want to say he's like 6'4", about 240. I thought he was a senior, um, (laughs) but he's a a junior. Aaron Patrick, you know, he got hurt earlier in the year and uh, was able to medically redshirt, so he's back in the fold. So he's going to be a junior this year, and he's another premier player. And with that added year, I don't know if he's going to come out early. Probably not. Yeah. guy, but... He's another pro prospect to keep your eye on
0: down the line. I think another guy to watch out for, too, is uh, the D-back from Eastern Illinois, Mark Williams. Mm -hmm. Freshman last year, three interceptions, including one return for a touchdown. He could have kind of put his mark on that program for an Eastern Illinois team who we're used to seeing at the top of this conference. This is a program that is usually one of the top two, if not top three, or the top one um, in this conference. Another guy, too, Jason Williams for me, for Austin P, the defensive end. 9.5 Nine and a half sacks, eleven and a half tackles for loss. He also forced four fumbles last year. So you are talking about a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. I think Jason Williams is certainly a name you have to bring up. Um, what about on the offensive side of the ball? Obviously, offense is not as strong in this conference, um, but there's certainly some guys on here that you can take a look and say, okay, I think we can. I think we can work with this guy. You know, maybe we can you know game plan around him a bit, a little bit. Who do you think that is for you? Well, I
1: look at Austin Peace, quarterback Oswald. Yeah, I, I, I brought him up. Earlier, um, and he split time last year. I think now he's going to the season as the full time starter. Yes, you know which is big. Uh, You have to talk about Horn for Jacksonville State dual threat quarterback. Yeah, it's good. You know, and you hope he can protect the football a little bit better. It's for Jacksonville State. It's always about how much uh, you're going to get out their passing game. Yeah, they're going to run the ball well. They're going to you know uh, control the clock, but their passing game is probably what keeps them from. Winning multiple national championships, you know, yeah. because they tend to become a little bit one-dimensional. Uh, but uh, I also look at uh, Eastern Kentucky has a really good tight end, um, and he's he's pretty good. He's he's another pro prospect. I can't, his name slips me. I was trying to find his name, but I know I earmarked him as a uh, as a pro player. Um, so those are the, those are the guys, and and there is some other players coming in um, from outside of the conference transferring in like right. this. This conference, I mean, I know we're going to talk about Tennessee State as transfer state, <laughs> but all of these conferences tend – all of these teams in, the conference, in, in this conference tend to get good transfers. Like yeah. look at Jacksonville State. You had last year Rock Thomas came from Auburn. Yeah. Tailback. They are always getting good transfers oh, into yeah. Jacksonville State too. Eastern Illinois is another one that gets good transfers and as well as Murray State. So not only do the – grow their own, so to speak, but they also are able to uh, recruit others uh, very well.
0: Yeah, I, I, know, I think one a couple other guys on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Bentley, the quarterback from Murray State, he impressed me last year, only threw four picks, 13 touchdowns, obviously Murray State had a rough season, but I think if you're looking for a guy that's going to you know, kind of solidify that program moving forward, I think he's up there, and uh, Marquis Terry, the running back from Southeast Missouri State, the only 1,000-yard rusher in the conference last year we'll see how he follows that up
1: yeah people look at people look at his size and think that's an issue but you know how the saying goes: size is not he's like five seven one, one eighty, 180 but he he balls out so, still
0: runs for a thousand yards i'll take him hey listen <laughs> I if, don't if, care.
1: if you can score you know i mean i don't care how i don't care how big you are or how um you know people like to make a, a big deal of the size like he's not going to be able to run inside blah 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 but Whatever. You know, okay. all, all, every time I look up, he's, you know. Did it cross the line? Mingo? It did. Okay, cool. Let's like move e- on. E- Dan Paul, that's the guy's
0: name for Eastern Kentucky. Ah, okay, okay. Um, let's talk about, though, we did say there was one draft pick from this past year that came out of this conference. Kendall Donnerson, Southeast Missouri State, going in the seventh round to the Packers. Uh, he's going in at outside linebacker. Obviously, the Packers are kind of in a bit of a limbo kind of a mode with that uh, team right now. Does he have a big role? Do you think, or is he going to be more on special teams to start with and then work his way He's in?
1: He's going to probably end up more on special teams first, uh, but he does have pass rushing ability. They have two linebackers actually. I, I forget the team Chad Meredith signed with. Right. Um, I want to say it's the Vikings or the Lions. One of those. I know it's in the NFC North. Right. Um, but it seems like Southeast Missouri State loves these long, rangy linebackers. Yeah. And Meredith is about six four, two thirty. Yeah. A big tall guy. Kind of like the the guy the Vikings used to have in Audi Cole. Yeah. Um, you know, big tall linebacker to play all three. So yeah, I think for for the Packers, they're getting a guy that's gonna probably come in on special teams until he finds that role. Uh, because his role is able being able to rush the passer. You know, we've seen defensive guys come from this. Noah Spence should have a, a phenomenal year this season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. You know, former Ohio State transferred transferred down to eastern Kentucky. You know, is now in uh, his I want to say his third year in the league. So, right uh, again, defense is going to be huge for, uh, for for this conference, and that's how they're able to to not only win these FBS games, but be highly competitive in the FCS ones.
0: Exactly, and you you talk about how you know this goes back into the conversation of you know where's the OVC rank? This is again a conference where they are competitive against the FBS. You know, you get some of these other teams where. They schedule FBS every single year, and they get absolutely blown apart. You get most of the games that these teams are playing, are they are competitive, and it goes into what you said before about getting those transfers in, that transfer of talent from the FBS level down to the FCS. And you talked about it before. Let's talk about Transfer State, also known as Tennessee State. You said 11 FBS transfers coming in this year, which leads to the question of this. Why in the world is Tennessee State... Not challenging Jacksonville State every single year for the top of this conference. They can't get wins in conference despite a ton of FBS talent.
1: Quarterback play. You know, and that's yeah. going to be the biggest thing. If you have a quarterback in college football, nine times out of ten, you'd be playing on the plus side of the win column. Right. So, yes, they had a transfer come in last year, Treon Harris from Florida. Um, but he ended up playing inconsistent. I think now he's a receiver because um, they have another transfer coming in from Minnesota and Danny Croft. Uh, So, he's going to probably start. Right. He's going to probably see see time, but they have a really good returning, the most efficient quarterback in the conference is returning um, for Tennessee State. But when you talk about the other transfers, you know, they get Makai Brown coming in from Alabama, the linebacker. Um, People may remember him as the one that had the argument on the sideline. Ah, yes. In the championship game, right? Oh, yeah, that that Uh, was an interesting day. Right. (laughs) So, he's in, and... Defensively, Tennessee State is always good. Along the offensive line, they're always good. They, they usually get a transfer or two from Clemson along the offensive line. And also last year it was Ibo Deco on the defensive side from good Clemson. Good thing you took that name. <laughs> right. I would have screwed that up about five times. Oh, it took me all, all, all evening to practice that, right? <laughs> but I think it's because of the quarterback play. And if they can get consistent play at quarterback they got talent at receiver, they always are able to run the ball. Coach Rod Reed does a great job of uh, developing talent. So he's not because a lot of people believe that just because you get transfers, it should automatically make you best. Right. Right. But you still have to develop that talent, and that's where Coach Rod Reed comes into play, and he does a great job of getting the most out of these guys that come in and get them to buy into the scheme, uh, to leave their their ego at the door, uh, because a lot of people come in thinking that oh I've I've come from an FBS program, yep. I'm in an FCS yep. program. I should walk in and be a starter as if the FCS doesn't have starter, FBS starter level talent on the roster. So if they can just get consistent play from their quarterback, everything else is going to fall into place right? Uh, because they have talent. They're big up front on both sides of the ball, and it's evident by the games that they play. You saw them beat an FBS team. That's 20 plus more scholarships, and that usually comes into play with depth, especially along both sides of the line of scrimmage. So again, for me, for Tennessee State, it's all, always about who's going to play quarterback and if they can be competitive.
0: And what is it about this program? Um, you know, obviously, you you would expect transfers to a place like a James Madison or North Coast State, right? What is it about Tennessee State that is getting these kids to buy in and saying, "Hey, I want to go here to play my ball"? Ray Reed. it's all about him. It's not the about head coach. I mean, it's nothing about playing in Nashville that you know gets that that that, that could be a part, and also cool the
1: history of Tennessee State. You know, you have twenty Ethan Jefferson, the the the, the famous street, yeah. Um, Jersey Street Jefferson, the the quarterback, you know, it was called. And Tennessee State has all kind of pro players they pumped into the to the NFL. Yeah. Um. So it's a historic uh, HBCU. It's one of, the, I believe, it's the only HBCU that's not in an HBCU conference. Okay. So they have that going for them. They have the history going for them. They have pedigree, uh, and Coach Ry Reed does a good job of selling the program. And yeah. yes, Nashville does play a, a, a role in it, but we've seen that. You know, we talked before the show how that could have a negative effect when you're playing in a major metropolitan city. Yeah. How guys are, are trying to leave the city. M- Minnesota, you know, yeah. uh, Maryland, Tulane, USC, as opposed to UCLA. Yeah. You know, uh, heck, even out here, you know, it's, it's tough to get people to stay home at Rutgers. Wagner. Wagner. Same thing. Same, Same thing. Problem. You know, people are leaving. Fordham. For a while, Fordham had trouble yeah. recruiting. You know, Columbia. <laughs> yeah, so, a
0: definitely had a problem recruiting,
1: you know. So I mean, yes, I, I think a lot of it is due to the the opportunity that he's he's selling, but also when you get there and you see, hey, this is just like the place I left as far as like the com- the competition and the right. so you know it, it's gonna it's a good thing for Tennessee State. It keeps them competitive. I, I don't ever recall in my lifetime Tennessee State being garbage, right? You know, so they've always at least been competitive and yeah. so i think that's a lot due to now rory hasn't been there for 30 plus years right right but he's you know but i'm saying the time he, he's been there um tennessee state has always been a competitive team
0: yeah and, and you talk about their game the early part of the schedule is interesting too because they have bethune Cookman. that's a
1: huge that's game.
0: a great game there they got jackson state after that you got a, his, a classic rivalry there and then they got hampton one of hampton's many Trials and tribulations, but this is actually one in their own conference.
1: Well, it was funny you bring up the schedule because Tennessee State from September fifteenth to October the thirteenth, five straight road games.
0: Yeah, I mean, granted, one of them is against Vanderbilt, so they're staying home. Yeah, but
1: ten, still, that's yeah, actually a winnable game too. You think so? Really? They should have beaten Vanderbilt two years ago. All right, I'll take oh, your it's, for it. it. It's, it's tough when you know <laughs> uh, when you could you could pinpoint the players that are, are afraid to play. And, and when Ooh. I say afraid to play is that, you know, they, they didn't believe that they should win that game. Yeah. Because on the flip side, you see the guys that believe that they could win. Quarterback was one of them. I mean, he was putting the ball on receivers' hands. Like yeah. potential – and they had a lead in that game late. And you saw like three potential touchdown passes drop. About five critical first down passes mm-hmm. dropped. Yep. And they end up losing Uh, a, in the last minutes of that game. Vanderbilt went on a long drive. Uh, so, yes, that is a game that they can win.
0: All right. I'll take your word. Is is that going to be one of your... Uh...
1: Absolutely. Because, again, Vanderbilt is... <laughs> Vanderbilt... Um, it's funny. When you look at the FCS as a whole yeah. and the FBS as a whole, and people think FBS is way up here in FCS we yep. but when you look at the the bottom tier FBS teams and the top tier FCS teams oh yeah oh, they're yeah. like right this this the line is blurred like you could literally take the Sun Belt conference and you know obviously I played the Sun Belt conference so I'm I'm not knocking them but you could take the Sun Belt conference and merge it with the Southland
0: and you wouldn't know the difference yeah you're knocking them a little bit just a little bit i mean obviously Louisiana Lafayette well, Far and away above everybody else, right? Well,
1: I mean, <laughs> one of the biggest rivals in Louisiana's uh, history is McNeese State. Yeah. And we don't even play that game. We barely, we just started playing that game again. Yeah. Uh, so McNeese used to be FBS, then they chose the Southland. Right. Uh, the whole country, it was Louisiana Tech at one point. Yeah. Uh, UL Monroe. So all those schools, are, are just they recruit the same player. Right. So there's not much difference. Um, but I said I'd like to say this yet. I think they could. They could win that game against Vanderbilt.
0: All right. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at their schedule. I think they could easily be 3-1 and one going into that game, probably. Yeah. I mean, Eastern Illinois is the other game as well in that first five-game stretch. So, I mean, I, I think they could go 3-1, and 2-2 two and two maybe, but 3-1 and one I think is a possibility.
1: Folks listened to the show last year. They uh, or watched the preview videos. They saw we picked them to beat Georgia State, and they went out there and dominated that game. So I'm not saying they're going to beat Vanderbilt, but that's a game that they can definitely Win. a game of intrigue coming up
0: at the exactly. end of september there's in. a lot of
1: good games on, on the ovc schedule
0: and we'll get to those after the other side of the break before we go into the break though i want to talk about the one coaching change in the conference mm-hmm. uh this year at tennessee tech uh marcus satterfield uh fired after uh, after their season this past year which was really a brutal one one in ten yeah. uh dwayne alexander comes in he's an alum he's a former player at this program we always talk about this. Is, is it, you know, it being an alum, is that add extra pressure or is that less pressure on a head coach? What do you think it is in this situation with Tennessee Tech?
1: I think it's extra pressure. Uh, Tech always is one of those teams that, you know, they used to be middle of the pack of yeah. the OVC. And not only just middle of the pack, but they also have one or two players that are that are going to go to the NFL. You, right. you know, yeah, um, yeah. normally it's either a receiver or a cornerback. Uh, but... I think in this case, they got rid of Satterfield pretty quickly. Yeah. you know, it was the second year. Um, after they made a big to-do about bringing him in. Yeah, you know, it's
0: just like, oh, yeah, we're so happy you're here. You only won one game. Get out. Exactly. It's, it's terrible. <laughs> and so you hope that – That's like an FBS kind of yeah, It's Yeah, like it a really was.
1: Right, when you bring in a guy that you just made a lot of fanfare and, and you get rid of him. But you hope that Alexander, uh, being a, a former player there that – that'll give him at least five years yeah. because it really takes five years to, to yes. evaluate a yeah. coach. You gotta let him get through a full uh, recruiting cycle of right. his players that he recruited. His first class has to go through um, before you really can evaluate what the what kind of job he's done. Um, and maybe there were some other issues, but I, I think this one is this higher with Alexander is going to be a good one. Uh, like you say, he got all the... He, he played there. He's familiar with the the program and he can sell that to the kids that he's recruiting they'll they'll be much better yeah than one in ten obviously uh but it's just it's just interesting to see a program move on pretty quickly from Satterfield
0: yeah and, and you talk about too um coach Alexander bringing in his completely new staff as well it brings in Trey Lambs his new OC uh Donnie Super coming in as the new defensive coordinator um but they've got a tough schedule as well to start with at Chattanooga, home with Kennesaw, and then they're at Utah State. So it's going to be a rough start to the season, I think. They
1: have the toughest schedule, I believe, in the conference because, like you said, they at Chattanooga. Their first four games, Chattanooga, yeah. Kennesaw, Utah State, Jacksonville State. Then they are on the road You know, later on in the season at Tennessee State at Austin P and they end the season with Eastern Kentucky.
0: Yeah, before and the game before that is at UT Martin.
1: So, Jeez. so that one ten mark, maybe, maybe they might go. And I'm just playing. They, it'll, <laughs> they, will be better. Is there a hot but this, take coming? Is there a hot <laughs> no, take coming? I don't, I don't want to wish one to ten on anybody. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a tough slate. That that first game is going to be important for them.
0: Yeah, it, it, that's going to be a r- big recruiting battle yeah. there. I mean, Chattanooga. I mean, we know what kind of program they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be difficult. We know what Kennesaw is, has been able to do in such a such a short period of time. That's a really tough home opener. Um, I mean I I can see, you know, two, maybe three wins I think for Tennessee Tech this year. Um, but it, it's gonna be an uphill struggle. It's gonna be I, I hope they give Coach Alexander the time they didn't think give they to Coach Farrier uh moving forward with this program. Folks, we're gonna take a quick break here on the podcast. When we come back, we're gonna be talking about all the big games on the schedule. There are some interesting out of conference games in this uh in the O V C this year. We'll talk about them. We'll get emery's take on each one of the teams see what he thinks about the ovc and i think do we have some room for some hot takes we should we always have room for hot we, takes. we gotta have some room for some hot yeah, takes always, in here you gotta get your daily room. dose of hot takes folks have that once or twice a day get it out of your system and then just live your life get off twitter <laughs> just saying get off twitter it's not good for your health folks we're gonna be right back after this commercial break stay with us so you've been thinking about changing careers. Well, now's the perfect time to check out Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbro Heights, New Jersey. Almost everything you hear on the radio, everything you see on television and on the internet was made by a creative team of audio and video professionals. Producers, camera operators, sound designers. These are the people who work behind the scenes to make it happen. Connecticut School of Broadcasting can help you switch from your current career path to the more exciting world of audio and video production. We've placed thousands since
1: OCSB.com.
0: Welcome back, folks, to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. David Hashtag here with us are the playbook, Emery Hunt talking OVC. Again, if you want to listen back on this podcast or any of the previews that we've done so far, you can go to SoundCloud or iTunes. We are on both. You can listen back to the Ivy League if you want, The Big Sky, I mean, I, I know everybody's going to go in for the CAA and the MVFC, but, you know, what are you going to do? We have all of them on there. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We mentioned the handles before, at the FCS kickoff. Follow my man, at FBallGamePlan on Twitter uh, for Emery, and we'll get his all of his takes as we go into the remainder of OVC week. And let's get into the schedule now, Emery. And we talked about some of the big games uh, a little bit for a couple of the programs here, but there's some really intriguing games on the schedule um, especially early in the year here in the OVC, and I want to start with one here that I think could be a really good ball game: Jacksonville State, champion of the OVC, taking on North Carolina A&T on the 25th of August. This is going to be a heavyweight shootout.
1: Yeah, this is the FCS kickoff, uh, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Should we trademark that? I mean, I mean, we could. I feel like we could I feel like they're using it. FCS kickoff to promote their game I, I think they are you know so I, I think we should put in a claim but this is <laughs> <laughs> this is the kickoff for the season for the FCS and my goodness the undefeated North Carolina a Aggies new coach uh coming in um yeah. not really new yeah new but new-ish yeah new-ish new-ish uh, but this is a big game for both because yeah. obviously you know A&T wants to showcase themselves uh well in this ball game and Jacksonville State is Jacksonville State. Yeah, Jacksonville State going into this game knowing they can't lose to A and Yeah, you know because for whatever reason, there's a stigma when you look at the FCS when an FC, when an, a non-MIAA or SWAC team beats a team outside of the MIAA and SWAC. Yeah, you know there's a stigma unfairly associated with that game. So Jacksonville State knows they can't lose this matchup. A and Probably has just as good of a defense returning as Jacksonville State oh, absolutely. does. You know, and they have the better quarterback, in my opinion, at A and T with Renard. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville State's offensive line is Jacksonville State's offensive line. They're gonna they they reload. Yeah. Um. Their ground game is is consistent. This is a strength versus strength battle. I can't wait to watch it's it. It's
0: gonna be a defensive war too. Oh, absolutely. In both sides of the ball. I mean, both teams have just have tremendous play especially in the trenches as well and that game actually is going to be a uh neutral site game at the crampton bowl in montgomery alabama so
1: neutral site you know where jacksonville state is located
0: oh i know but it's still neutral site
1: that's like alabama (laughs) playing a neutral
0: site at uh legion field in birmingham i'm just saying it isn't at their home stadium it's also not at a&t's home stadium therefore it's a neutral site wherever the geographic jacksonville State (laughs) probably walk to the game Fine, whatever. <laughs> it's still in, it, the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery regardless of, <laughs> of where who's at home and who else is playing. Um let's talk about another game though. That's going to be an interesting one in terms of recruiting Southern Illinois at Murray State also in August, August 30th. Big recruiting battle between two teams that are kind of in the lower part of their conferences.
1: That's interesting that uh you have a conference game that early. Yeah. You, you know, and so
0: No, it's out of conference. Oh, you said so, Southern, Southern Illinois. I'm I'm
1: I'm thinking Eastern um
0: wow that's a big recruiting battle right there
1: that's a you know that's a unique game i think southern illinois you can kind of slide them the ovc a little bit right a little bit they, yeah. right uh because i have another game earmarked too that involves southern illinois and that's against southeast missouri state mm-hmm. um, so southern illinois is trying to dip their toe in that that recruiting area you know as far as obviously they're they're uh very close to missouri so right. that makes sense they're also they border kentucky so that i believe that makes sense yeah so um, kinda, yeah so that whole, kinda reaching in right. see what they can get uh, but those are games that you know i think both teams can win i think both ovc teams can can knock out southern illinois now, i hope illinois borders kentucky
0: or maybe i'm thinking indiana i think so i i i we we have, we you have agree to go, with me, so you, you... We have to go to our local geography expert on this one, <laughs> but I think I think they do, at least they're close. Right, they're, right. They're, they're close. close enough they're close where enough. we can say, yeah. That's Point being,
1: <laughs> it's regional.
0: <laughs> maps, it's all about the <laughs> That's maps. the
1: thing. That's what I'm trying to say. But um, that's a big game for Murray State because Murray State to me are, are in the same boat as like UT Martin, Southeast yeah. Missouri State. Those teams that are sort of on the cusp this is a big game. Yeah. It's a it's an out of conference game. We know how much those matter. Uh, it's an or, or don't matter. Uh, that's why I had to jump. In. It was an <laughs> FCS out of conference game, uh, not FBS because we know that doesn't matter. Because
0: apparently, three games in that you're competitive against the FBS hurts your your. Uh... You're standing with the committee. I still can't it, believe
1: Austin P. missed playoffs.
0: It, it is the most, it is the stupidest thing I think I've ever seen out of the NCAA. And we know what the NCAA has done in the past. Oh, they've that's done a lot of stuff. That's all I'm going to say. Let's talk about Austin P. for a minute here because they've got a tough start. They start their season at Georgia. If they win that game, by the way, they are not beating Georgia. No, I didn't think so. But <laughs> we just get that out the way here right now. It doesn't It
1: doesn't matter who, because you know, Fram is hurt. So Fram right. may miss the, the opener. Um, they got a chance. No, have you seen <laughs> Justin Fields? <laughs> no, I Justin haven't. Fields is better than Fromm, and this oh, is boy. this opens the door for Fields to get on the field as a true freshman, and they're calling him the next the Sean Watson, Russell Wilson. Uh, so Fromm couldn't have picked the worst time to hurt his wrist.
0: Yeah. So, but, but let's talk about Austin. Be the games after that though. Yeah, because they're not being Georgia. No, but shout couple, out to Austin Peay, though. But a couple intriguing out of conference games. They're home with Presbyterian, then they're at Morehead State. Which one of those two games is going to be a more a better barometer? Do you think for, Georgia? Well, Georgia, obviously, but like, do you think they're going to have any trouble with either of those two games, Presbyterian and Morehead? Shout out to Morehead State. <laughs> Shout out to Presbyterian. That we means love, he's about to slam you. We, we, we love
1: the Blue Holes,
0: <laughs> but there's. I think Austin P will avoid the slip up in those two games. Let's hope so, because I mean. They, they went 8 and 4 last year, were competitive against three FBS teams, and that wasn't enough. So if they lose either one of those, even if they win close, yeah, they're they're, they're over.
1: <laughs> it's but over. that's why it sets up. They have to maintain focus because September 29th, they travel to Jacksonville State. Yeah. That's a barometer game. Yes. You know, we'll learn more about them versus Jacksonville State than we would against Georgia. And we know they don't have the. Uh, you know what? To be honest, we saw Nichols damn near beat Georgia. In Athens, so it's always it's a possibility, right? And this was a Georgia team that was really good that year. Uh, so yes, it's a possibility, but I think we'll learn a lot more about the Governors against the Gamecocks as opposed to the other two games. I think you expect them now. It's funny because that was probably would have been a win for both programs. Yeah, you know, yeah. oh wow, look at Moorhead State knocking off an OVC uh, team in Austin P. Now you expect Austin P. to win those games. Yeah. And this Jacksonville State game, this is probably the game that they're circling and coaches will tell you every game is important. Right. You know, But I'm pretty sure this is the game that they're circling to say, hey, we got a chance here to, to prove ourselves worthy of being at the top of this conference. This is this is Tyson versus Buster Douglas before you time though.
0: Yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. Okay, okay. just make sure. <laughs> but let's not forget too, you're see, you're passing right over U T Martin though. They've got a game between the Moorhead State game and Jacksonville State, that's U T Martin away.
1: Yeah, that's a tricky game.
0: That's a tricky game. U C Martin, his,
1: that's their a defense and their run game is is you know they're despite the losses in the secondary, I think they'll still be good defensively and they can run the ball. They don't have a quarterback um, that you can really say, okay, this is the guy that that's going to strike fear in the hearts of, of opposing defense. But you're right, that's the the vaunted trap
0: game, as they like to say. Yes, the trap, definitely a trap game. Austin P in the trap game, <laughs> like <it's>, it just <laughs> what? It just what. <laughs> What is... Unbelievable. What, tw- what twilight zone have we entered? All right, what get what other games do you have on the schedule that you're pointing out?
1: November 17th, Jacksonville State, Kennesaw. Massive. Right. Massive.
0: Did we see this game in
1: the playoffs? That's what we did. Exactly. And Kennesaw won 17-7. They dominated that game. Yeah. So if you're Jacksonville State, obviously you wish you could play this one August 25th. Yeah. Like you really want to beat Kennesaw, but you got to wait the entire year to go through the motions to, to get to this game. So that's one game. Um in September first, Tennessee State Bethune Cookman, I think here's here's why I think this is a big game because Bethune is probably the second best team in my opinion yeah. in the MiAC. Yeah. I think people are sleeping on what they have coming back and what they have on the roster. Obviously A and T is is probably the the class of the so they'll go to the celebration bowl if they win. So the reason why this game is important for Bethune, this is an out-of-conference game. Against a quality opponent. And if they win, now... Consideration th- from the committee? Yep. We've seen it, we've seen it before. We hey. saw it with A&T and... Um, <laughs> uh, when, when Central beat A&T that last week of the season, Yeah, Central went to the Celebration Bowl. A&T had a, a, a lot of quality wins. They got that playoff game against Richmond. Um so that's why this game is huge for both Bethune and Tennessee State. I'll
0: tell you what, though, it's tough for Jacksonville State. They're bookends of their schedule. A&T to start of the year, Kennesaw State to end it. Both of them are, are – that one actually is a true um, neutral side game. That being, that's being played at SunTrust Park, the home of the Atlanta Braves. So technically Kennesaw will have the advantage there, but Alabama, Georgia, still relatively close. Just saying. So they have a neutral site game at home and a neutral site game away, if that makes sense.
1: You know that uh, both of those are are, are <laughs> sketchy at best, right? Uh, I would say the August we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I think this still is a huge game. Um August 30th, Tennessee Tech at Chattanooga. Yeah. Cuz Chattanooga is is looking to bounce back. You know, coach Art both teams are both yeah. conferences
0: are, are both bounce teams, back. Both yeah, teams, yeah, right.
1: And this is a this is a big game for both teams.
0: I wanted to look at another one too, the two you talk about the other teams in this conference that are, you know, just a little bit below the radar, but can pop up. You talk about Eastern Kentucky and Eastern Illinois. The game between those two, I think, is going to be a big one on October the twenty seventh. In terms of, you know, if Austin P decides to slip, these are the two teams that I think that are kind of under the radar that could move up into that second spot for a chance, perhaps, at a at large bid into the postseason. That game is going to be massive at Eastern Kentucky just to decide who goes. Eastern Kentucky
1: was once the big dog on his block.
0: Yeah, they have kind of the kernels of.
1: Eastern Illinois is, a is, you know, we saw them playing the championship game against Towson, I believe, and they're looking to bounce back. I mean, six and five last year is not what they're used to. I think all of their problems is is tied to the, the fact that they changed their helmets. <laughs> they got to get a better looking helmet. Man. If, if they if they if it works, if they go back to. See, w- w- it's
0: the all pro- about the swag factor. Is it, that what you're talking it, it about? It really is, man. It, it really <laughs> is.
1: Like people talk about Alabama and Penn State's helmet and, and uniform, but there's a, a certain beauty in classic, right? Yeah, yeah it looks good. Um, like Iowa. Like Iowa. You know, classic, right? Classic helmet. Like Ohio State. I don't like the subtle changes Notre Dame made to their uniform. Mm-hmm. You know, they went from the you know the, the real gold to the shiny gold, and, and that's why <laughs> they don't win. And so I think when you look at Eastern <laughs> Illinois. They went. Here's the problem: you have your colors are, are blue and gray or silver, right? Yeah. And black. And the you know the black shouldn't be dominant.
0: No. When you have
1: cool colors like blue and silver thrown in the mix. Yeah. Black yeah. should be outlined. So if they're <sighs> listening, like, <laughs> make sure the helmet is either blue or silver with the logo on it. A uh, black stripe, the three stripe, the collegiate looking stripe. And you have to have blue or silver. Matter of fact, we talk about Nashville, right? <laughs> Tennessee Titans won't ever win a Super Bowl until they go back to the Oilers uniforms. <laughs> Period. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they changed it this year. You saw the new changes to the, to the Titans uniform? Yeah. They're garbage. Yeah. So you, whatever, <laughs> when you're doing your NFL predictions, you put them right fourth in the AFC
0: South. Just because of their jer- uniforms. Off the rip. These style changes brought to you by Emery. Just like, just, it, <laughs> Austin P. changed their uniforms and look what happened. They're still
1: nicknamed the governors and it's dope. <laughs> like that's a they, you know that's a good looking uh uniform to go with the mascot. Now, we're not going to dive into old Mrs uh you know interesting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but you get where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. uniforms dictate how you play. It it may
0: not seem that way, but it matters. Which leads to the question why in the world is Florida A&M not undefeated every year? Just saying.
1: Orange and green is weird. Shout out to Carver High School in New Orleans because I know I'm gonna get hit up by my homeboy uh, and former college teammate Billy Howard, who's gonna happy birthday Billy. It's his birthday today. Oh, happy um, birthday Billy. But he's gonna he's gonna Carver had orange and green. It's like, yo, that looks like you guys look like a bunch of salad out there on the field. Like you know, orange dressing, green is terrible. Like there's certain colors that you you can't really you can't really make work. Granite. I think in order for FAMU to make it work, it's always about the helmet. Yes. The big rattler on the side of the helmet yes. makes it all better. But the orange and green is, is tough to pull off.
0: <laughs> Eastern Illinois got to get better. Well, Eastern Illinois, I mean, they, they hopefully will get better. They have a new offensive coordinator as well in Scott Parr. So hopefully the coaching has something to do. With the offense has play. to get better. Let's hope that's what's going to be. When they were playing play for better. championships – and with Garoppolo back
1: there at quarterback, their offense was was on fire. So you didn't care if they had black helmets and blue jerseys. You didn't care, you know. <laughs> but if they're gonna do this thing right, if your uniform is a fire, you could be
0: mediocre and people won't even notice. Jimmy Garoppolo. I wonder what happened to him. Is he? I already yeah. got paid. Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's done okay. He didn't get his, Kirk Cousins paid, but he got paid. Yeah, still. he's <laughs> he's done all right. All right, let's go right through the teams here, Emery. Let's give a breakdown before we get to our hot takes of each one of these teams. Let's start with Austin P, the darlings of last year. We know they were robbed. We know the committee was just flat out stupid in terms of not yeah, taking them at eight and four and McNeese at nine and three. We'll throw them in. We'll oh, get to them in a couple.
1: They, yeah, both of those teams should have been in.
0: Just completely done dirty. What is Austin P. though? How do they follow up going from winless to eight wins? Where do they do they stick at eight wins? Do they start sliding down a little bit? What happens this year?
1: It's unique when you go from terrible to, to, to really good. You can go either way because you can get you know a big head and complacent, complacent yep. and fall right back. Or, which I think will happen in this case, you can become uh, confident in like, hey, we are good. We, we now expect to go out there and compete. And the way their schedule sets up, it's conducive to them, Yes, you know, trending back uh, more toward what we saw last year. So I think they'll be just as good as they were last year. Maybe even better because you got Osefell starting at quarterback and now he's going to be a, a true sophomore, more experienced,
0: doesn't have to worry about splitting time, and their running game is phenomenal. We already talked about their fashion sense, Eastern Illinois. What do we have to look forward to the Eastern Illinois this year, and can they start moving their way back up toward the top of this conference? If they find offense, they can. That was the biggest thing. It's
1: weird to say about an Eastern Illinois team, but that was the biggest thing missing from them last year. Offense, you talked about it. Um, They couldn't score. Yeah. And and so I know Dino Babers isn't there anymore. He's up at Syracuse. I get it. Um, So it's a different team, but their offense has to be much better for them to uh, get back into the top half and even make the playoffs, it, it you know even for a while during last season they were you know in the mix for an at large bid. Then it just fell apart.
0: Yeah, I mean they had a decent got a decent year from Alexander Hollins as well. He had yeah. seven touchdowns. Um, but yeah, Eastern Illinois, if they find their offense, they're right up there. Eastern Kentucky, what do we get out of the Colonels?
1: I think the Colonels are the sleeper team mm-hmm. in OVC. Yep, I like Eastern Kentucky. I like their defense. I like their running game. I like the quarterbacks they have coming in. Um, and you guys, and this is what we call a tease in the broadcast business. When you see the recruits they have coming in, and you know, we always talk about recruits because that's usually the next video that we produce coming right after this podcast. But the high school quarterbacks, 6'5", 220, 6'6", 2, they have some, some guys coming in um, that can compete for the starting job. Now, Tim Boyle is now playing with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the right. quarterback from last year, but in my opinion, yes. it may be addition by subtraction. Even with the mm. freshman coming in, I like Eastern Kentucky in this in this conference. Interesting,
0: interesting. Let's move on to Jacksonville State. I mean, what else is there need to be said? But they've got two tough games on their schedule. They finished ten and two last year. Can they finish ten and one at the end of the regular season this time? Around?
1: It's always a possibility. Just when you thought Jacksonville State was going to fall off, like last year, I thought they were going to be. I thought Tennessee State was going to win the conference, you know, uh, because of what they had on the roster and, right. and what Jacksonville State lost. Jacksonville State went out and, and was one of the top five teams in the FCS. I don't think there's ever going to be a, a drop-off as long as John Gross is the head coach. What a phenomenal job he and his staff has done have done uh, with this program. And I think defensively, yes, they lose Darius Jackson. Yes, they lose Saran Neal. Yes, they lose uh, McCandless, the other linebacker. Those are three premier players that they've lost. Um, They lose Rock Thomas, the running back. But, man, there's so much talent on that roster um, that they're going to be good once again.
0: Let's move on to Murray State, the Racers. Um, Interesting year last year, really kind of struggled. But do they have any kind of upside that you see that can get them above closer to 500?
1: I I think so. I think last year was the expected down year because of what they lost. Um, KD Humphreys was a phenomenal quarterback two years ago. Last year they they played without him because he obviously graduated. So trying to figure out what they're going to do offensively and right. So
0: now that you got young guys with experience, this is a team that probably is trekking in the right direction. And you also have two first time coordinators there as well. First season coordinators. Yeah. You have Nick Coleman taking over the offense, Jake Johnson taking over the defense for the Racers. So we'll see what they can do. What they, they got
1: to. I'm sorry, but they got to replace Gandhi uh at uh that's true. Yes,
0: Yeah, that's so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust the offense and the defense there to get them back to that 500 mark. Southeast Missouri State, the Redhawks, kind of a forgotten team in this conference. They got a new OC as well, Jeremy McDowell uh has come in at their new offensive coordinator. What do we expect from Southeast Missouri State?
1: Another sleeper team in the OVC. Mm-hmm. They played a lot of close games last year, but the thing about this year is Uh, The second level. We talked earlier about the two linebackers they lost. Normally um, the last three years you have been able to count on their special teams and their defense so now and they had a really good receiver that tore up the senior bowl I want to say two to three years ago so I'm I'm still, I I like you know the progression that they've made. I still have to take a wait and see approach about the defense though.
0: Yeah, defense has got a lot of question marks. We'll see what they do. Tennessee State, we talked about them. Transfer State University, a ton of talent coming in. Some really tough games at the start of their schedule. What do we look for from Tennessee State? Are you about to die over there again? A little bit, yeah, a little bit.
1: <laughs> they, um, he, he died last week. I died uh, last
0: week on the show. I'm dying a little bit more this time around. It, it's not it's not good.
1: Go ahead. I think with Tennessee State, I, I I always wonder about the consistency. Yeah, you know, You can't beat Georgia State. Uh, one week and then come back and lose to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Can't have that happen. You know. So they are they are that type of team though that you can't really figure out. On paper, you're like, all right, this team should be at least eight and two, eight and three, or yep. nine and three, something like that. But they end up six and five, seven and four. They disappoint you. So until they find that consistency, or let's say that's what I'll be looking for from them this season. They gotta start how they they gotta finish how they start. Tennessee State,
0: don't disappoint Emory again. He's
1: don't disappoint, because I'll be coming to Nashville for the NFL draft, and I, I actually want to make – they have great facilities, by the way. Um, yes. Tennessee State, they have a really good indoor facility. Um, so I want to get down to Tennessee State to to you know do our coaching thing that we do with the coaches, and I want to talk with uh, Rod Reed. I've met his assistants, great dudes. I met them at the AFCA conference last year. So I know that they're going to be in a lot
0: of ball games. Can they get consistent play from the quarterback, and can they close out games is going to be key move on to Tennessee Tech obviously a change of coach a change of um the entire coaching staff really a team that was at the bottom of this conference last year can they get off the bottom this year is that where they're going to be stuck they can but the
1: rest of the conference is tougher
0: yeah it's a, and it's a tough schedule for them as well
1: yeah they again the toughest schedule in in the conference I mean that the first four games my goodness um three of the four teams could be in the playoffs. Yeah. And Utah State is going to be Utah State going to be a bowl team. Uh, so, you know, but we've seen strange things happen. We've seen Austin Peay go 8-4. and four, True. You know? True. So, we've <laughs> seen it happen. So, yeah, there's there's always a possibility. And I'm pretty sure the players all spring heard about how terrible they were. And those players have to look at it like this. They're probably saying, like, man, we played so bad last year that we got our coach fired. Yeah. So, that's a lot of reflection that goes on. And it's like, all right, we gotta we have to improve. And – I think you'll see them play much better um, this time around, and, and that'll uh, you know show itself in the win column.
0: And, they, I mean, they, this is also a team that they have the Sergeant York Trophy as well between the four schools in this conference, Tennessee Tech, Tennessee State, Austin P, UT Martin. They only won one of those games last year. They beat Tennessee State Of course four. they beat Tennessee State. But you know, they lost to Austin P, got shut up by UT Martin. It, it was not a good year for Tennessee Tech. So let's see what they can do. And let's start, talk about UT Martin. Sleeping Giants for the Skyhawks? Offense got to come to play, man. Yeah.
1: I want to say UT Martin had what? Uh, they, they struggled to score in a lot of games.
0: Yeah. They, you they, know? I mean, I'm looking at this. Sc- you know, they put up 36 against Clarion. Good job. Shout out <laughs> to the PSAC. <laughs> but they, they only put up, uh, you know, they put up 21 in, against Chattanooga. They won that game mm-hmm. against Chattanooga, which was a shocker. Uh, but then you get to the middle part of their schedule. They got shut out by Austin P. Seven nothing. Thrilling game. Uh, only scored ten points against Murray State, and they lost that one by three. Uh, they they struggle, especially in the second half of the year. Yeah, you got to put
1: up points, man, in this conference. Your defenses, their defense is going to be good, even without uh, the two guys in the secondary that I mentioned earlier. I think they'll still be good defensively. Even when you look at the Ole Miss game, I thought they were solid in that Ole Miss for for a good yeah. period of time, and then the bottom fell out. Um, so bad because last year I thought the quarterback, Troy Cook, was a pretty good player, and they ended up benching him for a freshman. They pulled a Richard off the freshman, threw him in there, and he's now their starter going into this year. So right. if their offense can be
0: markedly better, then yes, like you said, they could be a sleeping giant in this pro- in this conference. Also a tough start. is good for them. They start at Missouri and then at Middle Tennessee before coming on to play Chattanooga and Austin P.
1: Listen, the Missouri game, they got a shot. And I'm going to tell you why they got a shot is because the quarterback that's been highly touted as a first-round NFL draft pick mm-hmm. for Missouri, he's going to keep both teams in the game.
0: <laughs> so with so six touchdowns, five interceptions? Bingo. Is that what you're looking so at? So UT Martin
1: will have a— <laughs> Just like we saw last year in the opener, Missouri State, it was a basketball game in the first half. I want to say it was like 35-35. Yeah. And then, you know, Missouri's depth took over. Uh, so, yes, UT Martin has a shot. In that game, well, that leads... They, they had a shot against Auburn. They had a shot against uh, this was a couple of years ago against Auburn. They had a shot against um, Ole Miss. Yeah, they have a shot against Missouri.
0: Well, that leads me into my hot take. You will see three to four OVC wins over FBS teams. Okay, I thought this you was year. about to say three to four OVC teams with winning record. I thought I was about to, you. Know, I was about to like shut everything down. <laughs> Well, you, you're the one who last year said that last week said three NEC teams were going to make the playoffs. That was a hot take. That was a flambe hot take is what that was. But I, I am saying this right now. Eastern Illinois has a shot against Arkansas. Wow. A shot. That's, what, that's the fourth one that's a eh, maybe. But Eastern Kentucky against Marshall, winnable game. Eastern Kentucky against Bowling Green, winnable game. So they could have two FBS wins, even though they probably won't matter because we know how the committee thinks. FBS wins are somehow True. irrelevant. Um, Murray State, Kentucky. I know Kentucky's better. I don't know,
1: man. I, 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 I'm kind of with you on that. I, I, could, I could see you could convince me that
0: Eastern Kentucky can beat Kentucky Wildcats. And then Southeast Missouri State against Arkansas State.
1: I think, that's a, I think that's like, a winnable okay. ball game. Okay. I think
0: you can see three or four. FBS upsets out of the OVC alone.
1: I can't believe you said Eastern Illinois has a shot against Arkansas. Now, are we talking
0: again? That's rock one and that...
1: jock four point <laughs> shot from like half court, or something like that? What kind of shot are we talking? <laughs>
0: Two double shots of whiskey back to back. Yeah, right. Like, what, yeah it's right. Depends on the shot. It's we're one talking. of those, but you all, you, I mean, you talked about another one though. You talked about Tennessee State against Vanderbilt. That's right. a winnable ballgame. That's another one. Tennessee Tech, they've got you know, Utah State probably not. But I think that'll be competitive in that game. But UT Martin against either Missouri or Middle Tennessee State, they the might look. Middle get looked Tennessee over.
1: State is going to be an interesting.
0: They one. might get looked over. That's
1: all I'm saying. I, I, it's funny because I thought last year Cincinnati was going to beat the brakes off Austin P. And then, well, Austin <laughs> P. Happened, right? Austin P. Happened. So I I, I I am I can't wait to see how this uh this Kentucky East Kentucky game plays out. I, I I might be with you on that <laughs> one. Because that one is Kentucky is breaking a new quarterback.
0: All I'm saying is Kentucky they've gotten much better the last couple of years. Yeah, they're due for a slip because they're Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you the can't OVC. sustain success at Kentucky. No, football wise. No, not absolutely not. Well, you could argue basketball wise in terms of the coaching situation, but we'll leave that one alone. What is your hot take about the OVC? Um, wow, it's tough to follow. Was a, that was a good one. Tough, <laughs> tough act to follow. Um,
1: I will say, Eastern Kentucky will win the OVC.
0: Wow. That's a hot take. Eastern – first of all, you just predicted a winner. I know, right? Well, well, what you it's, never
1: do. But it's a hot take segment. So, you know, I guess when you look at a hot take – So that's gotta, allowed? Well, people got to look at the, 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 uh, the factors surrounding a hot take. I'm not saying it will happen, but I'm putting the idea out there that Eastern Kentucky can be good enough to win the conference. I'm, so by uh, me saying so, – so in order – if I was to say – you know, Eastern uh, Kentucky has been up to, to win the OVC. <laughs> that, that is not a hot take. But if I say Eastern Kentucky will win the OVC, that's a hot take.
0: That's an extremely hot take. I I, I will say this. I think they are going to be competitive in every game they're going to play in. Yeah. They're going to be competitive in every conference game, especially. Whether or not they finish top, I, I think they, could, they have the potential to finish top three. I'll give them that. I don't think they have enough to get Jacksonville, past Jacksonville State. We'll see what happens with Austin Peay, what mentality they have. As to whether or not they can finish above them.
1: Are you predicting Austin P to
0: finish first? I've already made my hot take for the segment, so I will pass. How do you see the OVC shaking out?
1: I'm interested to see how you. See I will these. say
0: this: I think there you is think a, to get the playoffs? I think there is a legitimate possibility of two teams this year out of the OVC. Okay. If if Austin P follows up on their success, even if they don't get above Jacksonville State, if they put together another eight win season with some decent out of conference wins. I think they get into the postseason.
1: What were, what were they, their wins last year?
0: Their wins last year were... Let's count them out. Morehead State. That's a D1 win. Murray State. D1. UT Martin. D1. Tennessee State. D1. Southeast Missouri State. D1. Tennessee Tech. D1. Eastern Kentucky. D1. Eastern Illinois. Wow. And they only, again... That's eight D1 wins. And they only lost by 12 points to Cincinnati. They were competitive against Miami of Ohio. And they put up the most points of anybody against UCF in the entire in their entire season with thirty three. Yeah,
1: you're right. That right. That was a good because UCF is the they were finished undefeated. The Florida national champions, right? <laughs> the 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 nation of Florida <laughs> national <laughs> a, champions. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Time out. So what was the score in the Miami of Ohio game? 31-10. 31-10. Okay, and you said because uh, you know I'm about to drop the ham on you, right? So. Go it ahead. was 3110, right? And then you said that uh who plays Bowling Green this year?
0: Bowling Green I think is one of the Tennessee schools. I T- believe. Uh is it UT Martin? It is yet. Yeah. Um No, why am I why am I blanking you on You just this? said that this team has a chance to beat <laughs> Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky,
1: Bowling, Bowling Green, Green, right? So what you're saying is cuz if you remember last episode, mm-hmm. When I talked about the NEC, right? Yeah. And I talked about them perhaps getting three teams, right? Which is ridiculous. But you know I brought up like the teams that they could beat, right? The FPS teams. But well, remember, FPS wins don't games don't matter. Losses don't matter. Wins oh. do. And when we talk about the the teams that uh like who played UMass? Yeah. And you yeah. see where I'm going with this, right? Yeah. So you're so you're saying that now that oh the Mac is is, is on par with the SEC because last year, I mean last week, you clown me because I picked the <laughs> I forgot which team it was that plays UMass and also plays Bowling Green. Those are winnable games, right? Apparently, exactly. So that's how you can get three NEC
0: teams in the playoffs. Beat the MAC. See, my opinions are like a politician; they just switch every week. With no we can real easily
1: go back and, and like <laughs> rewind, but but the Mac, but but now you see what I'm saying. Like all yeah. jokes aside, you see what I'm saying about like the 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 gray line of yeah, you know, blurriness yeah between the FCS and FCS. Now, not so, the Mac is is being criminally underrated in the FBS, the top half of the Mac. Yes, but the back end of the Mac. You know, when you oh, get, absolutely, yeah. When yeah, you get yeah. Kent State in Buffalo, Buffalo, uh, Buff- Buffalo, Buffalo on the rise. Buffalo has a quarterback that may be a first-round pick this year. What? Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, there's. You a have to check.
1: You have to check out Buffalo's Tyree Jackson. There's a hot take for you. <laughs> Six seven two forty-five, and and, and forced the backup quarterback to transfer down to an FCS program. Besides, it's not a skill. It isn't. I'm glad you brought <laughs> that up football game plan trademark but you can't <laughs> you can't uh you, you you can't look at the uh the mac and and sleep on them. but those those bottom half teams in each conference um are no different than the top half of the fcs so all right all right i don't agree with your that. marshall take i think marshall's going to be good this year but bowling green definitely on should be on notice prove me wrong thundering herd prove
0: me wrong doc holiday
1: first of all he has a phenomenal name for a coach yes and then second of all their uniforms are awesome.
0: Yes. They oh, have a oh, lot going for oh, them. Oh you oh you like their values. I
1: love Marshall's okay. uniforms. <laughs>
0: okay, fair enough. We'll go with we'll go with the green and white then. That's fine. <laughs> coached by Doc Holliday. You can't get like
1: <laughs> I don't care what they I don't I don't I don't know who's on the team. But if you're coached by Doc
0: Holliday, it you have to be good. Automatically six wins. Automatic that? that's that's six automatically. Well let's, let's let's that's gonna wrap things up for the O V C folks again. Keep an eye on YouTube for all the stuff that Emory's going to be having up coming up on the All Conference team, the prospects that are coming in, the high school recruits. Next week, it was last year's running joke. Duh. Is it going to be the running joke again this year? The Patriot League coming up next week, the only team with a conference champion under 500 in Lehigh. We had Colgate. We had. I mean, this is a conference where we talk about coaching changes. Coaching changes all over the place in the Patriot League for this upcoming season. Holy Cross, you know, making changes there. Lafayette fell off. Fordham really fell off. I mean, it can't get any worse with the Patriot League.
1: Well, Lafayette really didn't fall off. Remember, they were they could have gone to— They
0: finished 3-8. and eight.
1: And with the last, what, regular season, they needed to win to, to knock out Lehigh or whatever. The, the, the to make sure was.
0: Colgate got in. who were the only team that was above 500 last
1: year. Yeah, they were losing games. Lafayette has to find offense this year. They were losing games like— one nothing, yeah, like they couldn't it, score. Like it was, they, it was they had problems scoring. It was oh, brutal. P- matter of fact, I was at the. Uh, that, this is how Lafayette lost games last year. Yeah, Princeton, they're they're in overtime. Not Princeton. Um, <coughs> that was uh, Bucknell. Buck, yeah, they're in overtime, the overtime game. Yeah, and they throw a pick six yeah. that goes ninety five yards of the week. So there's a couple things to unpack right there. One, why are you throwing the ball in the five-yard line in overtime? Did Pete Carroll show up and just take that play call? And if you're the quarterback, what could you possibly have seen that made you throw the ball to, a to you know, so but that, that some was – sort of distraction right.
0: back in the end zone. So.
1: That was Lafayette, but I always love the Patriot League because they're fun and, you know, I met with uh, Coach Chesney.
0: Yes, uh, at Holy Cross. Which you can also check out if you look on footballgameplan.com. There you go. There you, we go. You're getting
1: good at this, man. Like these plugs. I, like, I
0: know how to get the plugs in it's, now. It's fine. It yeah, Coach Chesney fine.
1: has a ton of energy. energy and I can't wait to talk about their big game um, that they have coming up this year. A r- rivalry renewed as they play BC. Interesting.
0: Yes. Very interesting. That's a Holy game. Cross Boston College returns.
1: For the Battle of. I don't know what you something. Would, Yeah, it got it has to be something online. <laughs> I mean there
0: there's, there's got to be I, mean, I don't know what the Central Mass Cup, I don't know. <laughs> there's like I don't, right. I don't know what the heck is. You're like
1: 40 minutes away from Boston,
0: so It's it's Worcester. I mean, what do you get out of Worcester? I couldn't pronounce I I was up there and I still couldn't pronounce. That it was right. the best part trying to get T- Emory to learn the Eastern Mass pronunciations. Yeah, it was, it, it's like <laughs>
1: it's going to start calling you Holy Cross in Massachusetts.
0: The, yeah, that, that one in the middle. Him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Folks, again, that'll do it for the OVC podcast. Thanks so much for listening in. Keep an eye out for all the new content coming out this week for the OVC. We'll be back with the Patriot League next week. Thanks for listening, folks.